Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletop from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada is Swagata Roy. Swagata is Director of Compliance Strategy and Performance at Liberty Energy and Water. First, Swagata, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you, Adam. I'm so happy to be here. Happy to have you. Now, today we're going to be talking about policy management. Um, first of all, Swagata, what are some of the common challenges for policy management? So what I hear in my organization and from my peers is that keeping policies current and relevant and accessible is a huge challenge. And by current, I mean internally and externally current. So internally, there are organization changes all the time. And externally, it means keeping abreast of new regulations. The more jurisdictions and lines of business the organization operates in, the more complex are the regulatory needs and hence the policies. And when there is a business merger, it can really complicate things. This involves sifting through different policies to determine what applies where. And apart from that, there are challenges in reaching the audience in a way that policies are understood and followed. And certainly getting people to understand them is the most important part. I mean, it's fine if you have a policy on paper, but if people don't know what that means or how to apply it, it's difficult. Now, you're an advocate for creating policy hierarchies. Um, could you tell us what those are? Yes, of course. So a policy hierarchy is a partly centralized, partly decentralized hybrid approach to managing policies. And it's also risk-based like everything else in compliance. So in the policy hierarchy, what happens is you assign a level to each policy according to the risk level and the extent of applicability of that policy. So what I mean is, does it apply to the whole organization or to a division, a location, or to particular functions? Based on these criteria, a hierarchy is assigned to each policy and it's managed accordingly. So what would be the various tiers in the hierarchy? As I said before, um, the highest risk policies are at the top of the hierarchy, like the code of conduct is pretty high up. And as an example, the highest level policies, I'm loosely calling them policies, they could be documents that define the mission, vision, and set a strategic direction of the organization. These could be the purpose statement of the organization, could be governance policies, board charters. These would all belong to that highest level. The code of conduct is interesting. It's usually an enterprise-wide principle-based policy with a high consequence of violation. And it has a higher level by virtue of these attributes. It is also usually approved by the board or a committee of the board or the CEO. Now, other enterprise-wide policies that would be assigned a high level in the hierarchy are policies on health and safety, commitment to quality, privacy, diversity. The sustainability policy could be one. These enterprise level policies are usually approved again at a higher level board or C-suite. Now, 
To be successfully operationalized, these higher level policies need to be supported by jurisdiction specific or more procedure based policies like the travel policy and the gifts and hospitality policy or the employee benefits, vacation policies, etc. would support in more details the higher level policies and these would also be as per geographical location or business unit specific. So that's a glimpse into the policy hierarchy levels. And you definitely see how things tree down one from each other. Now, can you walk us through the steps a compliance team should uh, take in setting up a hierarchy? Yes, certainly. One of the best things is the flexibility of the hierarchy approach. It can be set up in a way that suits the organization best. It can be adopted at the outset when creating a policy management framework or layered into an existing system. It can be manual or it can be housed in a system. However, there is some careful thought required to make it fit for purpose. So similar to an organizational hierarchy where business units work within divisions or departments, the lower level, more specific procedural type policies must fit under the higher level policies. And I just want to clarify that when I say lower level, I do not mean that they are any less important. I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> no. Thank you. So policies which are lower level in the hierarchy would ideally provide more clarity and describe step by step on how to support the more higher level principle based policies. So now let's talk about what to centralize and what to, what not to. You have to think carefully on this one. Ideally, a policy numbering convention could be owned by the compliance function and managed centrally. This prevents any policies being duplicated across business units. A central policy repository can have all the enterprise level policies. There could be links to local business unit level or jurisdiction level geographical policies, etc. That way, people can go to one place and easily navigate through and get the information that they require. Another helpful aspect that I found to centralize is the policy template writing instructions so that policies have a look and feel that is cohesive. Now, once that structure is in place, the next step is to identify the higher level or enterprise wide policies and then to assess the requirements of specific lines of business or geographical locations that need more detailed policies and procedures. Some of the rules that should be followed that I advocate for is that lower level policies and procedures should never contradict and should always reference the higher level principle based policies for context. Some of the other steps, and these are in no particular order, is the selection of a policy owner and approver. Again, this must be very carefully thought through because ideally the policy owner should be a subject matter expert and the approver should have adequate authority to approve the policy. 
For example, it's common to have the chief compliance or ethics officer as the owner of the code of business conduct policy in the company, whereas the expense claim policies for that finance could be the owner. A cross-section of reviewers is extremely desirable as it will make sure that you are not missing any blind spots. And for some policies, also external legal review like the anti-bribery policy or privacy policy, if you don't have this kind of expertise in-house, it's always good to have an external legal review. And then um, let's talk a little bit about effective systems for policy management. So when you have these hierarchies, they cannot be left alone. They must be continuously monitored and improved. However, this becomes easier when you have business people who are actually entrusted with the ownership of these policies. So we've talked about decentralizing policies and making the subject matter expert the owner of this policy. This makes for greater engagement and also helps to keep the policy current. Now, to refer back to some of the challenges that I mentioned earlier is you know, keeping abreast of regulatory changes, someone should be responsible for looking out for those kind of things. And also for local applicability, it's important to think about whether policies need to be translated into other languages and also to think about cultural nuances, not just language translation. And lastly, I want to touch upon uh, mergers and acquisitions again. Like I said before, this is another aspect of the challenge. If you've adopted a policy hierarchy approach, it, this can become much easier because, you know, with new businesses, their existing policies can be assessed against the policy hierarchy and you can provide guidance whether particular policies need to be retired or new policies need to be created and this can be done in a much better a more flexible way rather than disrupting the whole framework of policies and creating confusion and we definitely don't want to create confusion oftentimes the rule you know the rules are complex enough we don't need to create more of it now finally i want to go back to something we touched on a little bit earlier which is like everything else in compliance the real test is whether you what whether what you create gets used by the business unit how do you get ownership from the business people you're absolutely right adam there is no value unless it's adopted so I have two pieces of advice in this regard. Firstly, make it clear that you, meaning the compliance function, have centralized the administrative aspects of policy creation. Like I mentioned, assigning a policy number, templates and tools for writing policies, and assistance to post the policy on the community page or communicate through corporate channels. This makes it easier for the business to create their own policies. And secondly, if your compliance program has ethics and compliance ambassadors, enlist them as policy champions to socialize the policy hierarchy concept. And if you're a global organization, they will also know the local language. They will be able to identify knowledge gaps, gather intel through them, listen to feedback, and use it to improve your policy management. 
And constant improvement should always be the hallmark of really all aspects of a compliance program. Well, Swagata, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.